But right now, Buttes, I suggest you rise as one. Yes. A standing ovation for the NRLW Coach of the Year in 2022. John Strange, good morning, mate. You've been like the white whale, but finally we've got you. G'day, guys. How are we? Yeah, we're well. Uh, Butch, you're cracking up at the white whale reference. That's from Seinfeld. Yeah, what's his name? What? No, Newman. No, what's, what is the white whale's name? The white whale. There is a white whale and it's got a name. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll Google search it before. Well, let me come back to you. John Strange, congratulations, mate. You said to me yesterday for MBN TV, and I find this, uh, I mean, it sums you up how humble you are, but you said you were quite embarrassed to win that award, the Dally M Coach of the Year. Oh, yeah, yeah, Steve. It's one of those awards that, yeah, like I was saying yesterday, for the players to get it, I think they fully deserve it. But um, for the coach, there's so many people involved that, that go towards helping helping you coach a team. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit embarrassed that uh, one person can receive it. But, um, yeah, mate, it's pretty nice anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Your team winners earlier in the year in April up mm. at Redcliffe. But then this campaign, the second NRLW this year, your team were absolutely superb, undefeated until that game against Parramatta. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of an interesting year, actually, when you, you sort of weigh them both up. We, we snuck in in the first season into, into the semis and managed to um, beat the Broncos and Dragons to win the comp when I guess we weren't the best side, to be fair. Um, mm. And then the second season, we were definitely the best side all through the round games and then, and then fell short in the semis. So, yeah, a little bit of a... Um, yeah, sort of form reversal, I guess, from, from the first to the second. But, you know, that that's footy and we'll all learn from it. The players and, and myself and all the staff will learn from that semi-final defeat and, you know, we'll come back better uh, better next year. What were some of the lessons? And, and by the way, the white whale is Migaloo. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Migaloo. We know Migaloo. Migaloo. So Migaloo, oh, we'll refer to you as Migaloo from now on for the rest of the interview. What was... Well, we did try to get him about three weeks in a row. Yeah, the white whale, we can't see him. He's gone missing. Um <laughs> But what were some of the lessons you I'm took bad. out of that, mate? Oh, it's got a ring to it. Migaloo, Migaloo Strange. I love it. I love it. What, what were some oh, of the lessons okay. you took from it, mate? Um, you know, because obviously going into the final series, you guys were red hot. Like, you were seriously in some outstanding form. And the football and the calibre of football you guys were playing was absolutely fantastic. So there must have been like a bit of a, a bitter pill to, to swallow, mate, um, based on what you'd done leading up to uh, that semi-final loss. Yeah, look, it was. Um, yeah, we were playing really good footy. I thought all four, all five rounds we were really, really strong and dominant. Um, probably our round four game against the Knights was, probably wasn't our best, but we did sort of sneak away with a win there with Izzy scoring in the last few minutes. But yeah, I thought we were dominant. But in that in that semi, I, I don't think there was complacency. Like people have mentioned that to me. Um, because we did talk during the week about the Eels being a really, you know, they've, they've got a, a star-studded side. So there was certainly a lot of a lot of good players there that, that could have, um, you know, played really good footy, which they obviously did. But it was, yeah, just some unforced errors. And, um, yeah, we sort of let the ball bounce a little bit too much in that game. And that led to, directly to a couple of tries. And mm. um, from there, they just sort of built pressure. And, you know, we... With Parramatta are a side where they don't give you much. Um, you know, they complete in the high 80s. Um, they have done all through the comp. So they didn't really um, give us much. And then, yeah, like I said, we just sort of let the ball bounce on a couple of their kicks and gave them some early points and they just managed to hold on. So, yeah, uh, it was definitely disappointing. But um, like I said, we'll, we'll be better next year, no doubt. Mate, what was great about 
uh, season 2022 for the NRLW, uh, and I made a conscious decision myself to get down there to uh, watch uh, the grand final, was the 42,000 that were there in attendance to see these women run around. And I think it's just a reflection of how popular the women's, the women's game has become over the last you know, three or four seasons, whatever it's been since its inception. Uh, that must give you uh, a lot of encouragement and also the girls a lot of encouragement uh, going forward. Uh, and the anticipation leading into season 2023 uh, must be pretty high. Oh, look, absolutely, Buttes. It's um, like every year since since um, the inaugural season in 2018, it's just gone from strength to strength. And the, the quality of the players, I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you can't force people to watch something. You can't force, you know, the spectators to go out and, and be involved and, and, and get excited about a product that, that isn't there. So it's the players themselves that are improving every year, and that's, and that's the biggest thing I've noticed. With the 2021 season this year, there's so many people since then have said they actually really love watching the girls play. It's really exciting. The, the skill level's improved and the toughness is there. So um, that's the exciting thing for me. It's the, it's actual the players that are putting the product out there for all the fans that want to get behind. And, and like you said, 42,000 people there to watch the um, NRLW Grand Final in 2022 just is a testament to, to where the game's come along. So, it, mate, it's so exciting to be a part of, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the first three seasons was dominated by the Brisbane Broncos, but 2022, I'd like to get your thoughts, has been fantastic because the Sydney Roosters get it done for the first time and now the Newcastle Knights, their first silverware since the men won back in 2001. Yeah, look, it's good. Obviously, it was good for the game, for the Broncos probably not to keep dominating um so and you know personally it was good for us to to um hold that trophy up earlier in the year but i think it's also good for the for the newcastle region to be honest they've struggled a fair bit with the men yeah i'm not really sure what's going on up there but they've struggled for quite a few years to get it right so for the for that town and you know we we all know that they love rugby league up there in the hunter so for them to actually get um get the women to get the job done i think is really good for for the game, um, first and foremost, but also good for the Hunter region. So, um, yeah, look, it's exciting. And hopefully, you know, being a bit selfish, hopefully the Roosters, uh, we, can, we can hold the trophy up next year. But, but saying that, there's 10 teams. It's going to be exciting. You know, it's going to be great for even the Raiders to come in, the Cowboys, for those areas to, um, to you know, all those fans to be able to get behind the women's game is going to be really special as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last week on this show... I'm not sure you would have heard it because you are the white whale and you've been avoiding us. But uh, Butte said on the show, Butte said on the show that he believes we might be seeing the first female immortal, and that's Jesse Southwell. Now, Butte, can you elaborate on that? It's a it's a huge call for a teenager, but uh, you've loved what you've seen from uh, an absolute star of the game. Oh, I have no doubt. Well, again, I don't know whether she'll get to that point, uh, you know, but. Uh, what she has managed to do in her first season as a 17-year-old, uh, and if we have the ability to keep her involved in our game, uh, and she has you know a career that could span, who knows, you know probably 10, 15 years, uh, based on um, you know where the game can progress. Stranger, you've coached against her, and uh, I was fortunate enough to just spend a little bit of time with her, and I've seen her at Oztag. Um, you know, in the junior level. 
but she is one exceptional talent and you know clearly has all the skills when it comes to um, you know the couple of tries that she set up in the grand final were just brilliant she scored one herself you know the impact she had in her first game it was like a Brad Fittler style step uh, that she ended up going on and scoring a try from um, she is one of those superstars that of our game already at such a young age and I, I just feel that she can establish herself and become you know who knows what she can become to be honest with you because uh, the talent is just phenomenal yeah she she is beautiful and I've been um, keeping a track on her for a few years uh, made yep. headlines when she was only 15 to, to be the first female to, to sign a contract for the night so yep. um, and then obviously she jumped across to the um, to the union side and won a, won a gold medal at the Com Games um, for Australia this year so she's she's very talented um, you know she's very confident in herself which is which is good especially for a halfback and you know it's like a, a passing left to right uh, both ways is great she's a really strong defender she's got a good kicking game and yeah mate I look I, I think the best is is still to come obviously with her age but um, with a bit more coaching and development you know in another two to three years you're yep. going to be seeing someone, you know, really special in the women's game, and um, yeah, look, she's uh, look, she'll she'll be in that mix, no doubt. When they start talking about the girls as immortals, and I, I'm I'm hoping I'm coaching one myself at the moment, a future mortal in Isabel Kelly, um, local girl, but um, yeah, but but Jessie Southwell, she's certainly um, very special, and yeah, mate, and to coach against her, it's certainly not that easy because she's got. She's got a lot of um, lot of tools in a kit there as well. That um, you know, as you, as you pointed out there on Grand Final day, was out there for people to see. But yeah, mate, she's something special. That's for sure. Yeah, Butte, I, I know you want to say something here, but uh, also uh, I'm surprised that John Strange hasn't spoken to Uncle Nick and lured Jesse Southwell oh. to the Sydney Roosters under that salary sombrero that they're famous for. <laughs> Oh mate, look, um, yeah. Well, we'll see what you never know. What, you never know what's down the track. But I, I, I think to be fair with with the sister um, Hannah, uh, they want to play together, and obviously both Newcastle girls and, and proud Nova Castrians. I think they'll they'll stay in the Hunter, which at the end of the day is, is good for the game. And you know we've got we've got some good halves in our system as well. Obviously we race McGregor, but um, another good halfback. And I like to I like to keep it local with the Central Coast all the time. And Jocelyn Kelleher, mate, she's an up and coming halfback yeah. um, as well. And, and mate, she's she's really special. And Butch, you'll know her, um, you know, through Oztag. And mate, she's you talk about all those those gifts that Jesse's got. Um, mate, Jocelyn Kelleher is not too far behind as well. So mate, yeah, a lot a lot of good quality to be honest. I agree, mate. I agree 100% about Jocelyn. And uh, maybe that's where Migaloo's been. <laughs> He's been negotiating with Jesse Outfield and Nick Folotta over the last three weeks. Hey, uh, by the way, John, can we finish this morning? Can we finish this morning with uh, a massive rap for your son, Ethan? Last Friday night, he was named Rookie of the Year at the Entrance Tigers. Now he's off to join Ricky Stewart at the Canberra Raiders. Tell us more. Yeah, look, it's exciting. It's going to be an exciting journey for Ethan. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, he, uh, yeah, he heads on uh, Monday down down to the nation's capital, and he starts um, pre-season with the NRL there. So I've I've spoken to him a little bit. He's only just turned 18, and he's pretty green in relation to um, pre-season training at that level. So I've told him what it's what it's like at the NRL level, and um, you know from someone who's who's watched at the Roosters. But I've also heard a fair bit about Ricky and what his pre-season 
training's like. But um, so yeah, look, he's he's been training hard. He's been at home for the last two months preparing for pre-season. He's been been boxing and going to the gym every day. So yeah, mate, it's it's an exciting journey. But he's it's it's all in front of him, and it's it's up to him. If he works hard, he might achieve his dream. Hey, John, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on this morning. Uh, Butte and I, we're rising as one again, a standing ovation. We know you're far too humble, but huge congratulations from all of us here on winning the NRLW yeah. Coach of the Year. So thoroughly deserved. I agree. Thanks, thanks uh, guys. Really appreciate you having me on.